This episode of Idle Thumbs is supported by A24, presenting the film Ex Machina, a new sci-fi thriller uh, now playing in theaters. I saw this a couple weeks ago. It was awesome. I really liked it a lot. Directed by Alex Garland, who you may know from 28 Days Later and all kinds of other movies. Really good. Ex Machina in theaters now. Sweet. Thanks for sponsoring us. Thank you. My name is Randy Rodkin. Macho Man Randy (laughs) Rodkin. It's it's a good thing I'm not on this week. It's a good thing I quit the podcast. No, your alter ego is, though. Macho Man Randy Rodkin is on the podcast. That's fine, Danielle. You can just be that from now on. I will. Okay, good. I'll do it. Macho Man Randy Rodkin! (laughs) Whoa. That was just like that, like... Uh, that glasses lady monster from Monsters Incorporated. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I was Mike Wazowski! Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> That's all that that is. It's May 6th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 209. I'm Chris Remo. I'm James Spafford. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Danielle Riendo. Hi, nice. everyone. And I'm oh, happy hi, to Spath. be here. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. It's good, that, it's good that someone's happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could tell. Yeah. Can I tell you guys about a life-shattering, mind-blowing experience I had as mm. of 3 a.m. last Not night? Not only I don't know, I'm all right. must. You must. Oh, I excellent. <laughs> Now, I know the Idle Thumbs Book Club is, is not among uh, the not Idle with Book us. Club. Excuse me. <laughs> the Idle <laughs> Doesn't Index Fingers Book Club. Yes. I finished Infinite Jest last night at three in the oh, morning. Yeah. And it was I've been reading it tweets. since February. Yeah. And it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. I think it might be my favorite novel I've ever read in my life. Which That's is awesome. funny. I was tweeting about this earlier that I feel kind of like I'm a really voracious reader. I am always reading something, fiction, nonfiction. I don't even care. I just like mm-hmm. reading. I enjoy reading before bed. But I don't have that many favorite books that I would actually call, like, this is my favorite book. You know, if someone walked right. up to me on the street, I'd be like, I like a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. The way I have favorite games and favorite movies, and I was sort of pondering why that was because of all this Infinite Jest stuff. It's because you hadn't read Infinite Jest yet. That's what it was. It was it was out there for me. But yeah. no, I, I just... Now you're, sort of, now you're an Infinite Jest person. Now I'm an <laughs> inf, Infant Jest. Yeah. That's what I am, basically. <laughs> so we should maybe like describe what this book is? Sure. So this is a novel, an extremely long novel written by David Foster Wallace, uh, his, his second full-length novel, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that is... It is a very sprawling, near-future uh story um about a sort of an, an America that is essentially fully blanketed by sponsored corporate like naming rights and brands and there's a crazy like Canadian Quebecois separatist <laughs> yes. movement that has become like militant in a way it never did in reality uh it's just a crazy, like, bonkers, satirical, but also very deeply human work. Yes. Yes. It's very uh, – I don't know how exactly to describe it. It's described as a comedy often because it's kind of – it takes place in this sort of absurd world. But it's not 
And, it, and it's frequently funny. I mean, there are a lot of funny parts of this book. Uh, like, again, like you're saying, the years are described as, you know, most of this book takes place in the year of the Depend adult undergarment. Yeah. Things like that. So it's, it's funny and absurd. <laughs> but it's also deeply sad and, and very, very... Uh, the the writing of the characters is sort of what kept me going, even when the... You, so sorry, I'm like all over the place here. But the, yeah, the book itself dense. is somewhat... Yes, it's very dense. And the book is... The narrative is actually pretty fractured uh, and so on and so forth. But the character writing is what kept me going, even when those fractures kind of put me off or made me feel like, okay, I'm going to read 40 pages of footnotes before I can read another page of the right. the, the book proper. Wow. Uh and it, and it has a lot to do with addiction and connection and sort of like family connections and messed up family connections mm -hmm, yeah. and people who are addicted. And sort of the main characters, almost all of the main characters are either part of an elite tennis academy and the halfway house that's right down the hill from this tennis academy. And other than that, there are the the uh, the separatists and, right. and some other characters variously. So but. Did you bring this up because of something like thematically relevant to video games or were you just like... And because I could relate to this. So pleased with yourself for actually finishing this that you're like, I need to announce to the public that I've done so. I remember I read this in like 2010, I think, sure. and I, I had the hardbound edition and I carried that fucker around with me for months yes. until I finally finished it. Yes, like I mean, that's months. That's and you had it bronzed. Experience. Yeah, basically, basically. Which, which sucks because now it just looks like any old book. Well, what's really funny about it is that I, I feel like there is a very strong connection for me and a particular game right now, which is funny and goofy and makes right. no sense. But I'm having a similar experience with Bloodborne, which I won't go on oh, and on man. about right. Bloodborne. Bloodborne. <laughs> but I'm finding Bloodborne to be more difficult right now than than finishing Infinite Jest was. And I think that's really funny and really weird because Infinite Jest is a reasonably challenging piece of literature. I, w I wouldn't call it like unreadably challenging or challenging just to be challenging, although some people have sort of called it that. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. this is a hipster book for hipsters because it's so difficult and haha, the reader doesn't get it and it doesn't really end. It does. It has sort of a recursive yeah. ending that is the mm -hmm. beginning, that kind of thing. The New um, Game Plus, if you will. The New Game Actually, Plus. Actually, this book, uh, you could, this book has a fucking New Game Plus, which is like figuring out what the fuck some of it was about that exactly. you can't figure out until you're done reading it. I spent half the day, you know, sort of reading. This is actually really poignant and touching, I think. Aaron, Aaron Swartz, who uh, was famous uh, for being surveilled and, mm -hmm. you know, took a lot of shit for the government and, and all sorts of things, also was a brilliant writer. Uh, um he actually wrote this brilliant analysis of Infinite Jest that I've been reading all day, just oh, sort nice. of like yeah. breaking certain things down. And this is what I think happened here and there, because there are a lot of sort of weird, possibly supernatural elements in the book that are just kind of come out of nowhere towards the end slash the beginning. Uh, this is what makes the book somewhat challenging is that these little bits and pieces are sort of fractured and you kind of have to pick them up through the narrative, that sort of thing. And it was just this really intense experience I had today reading these theories about the book after reading the book and sort of, uh, I don't know, it, it kind of all came together in my mind of like, oh, this is Aaron Swartz. He also was a person who was brilliant and committed suicide, just like David Foster Wallace did. And I'm just discovering this six years later or, or whatever, you know, the Aaron Swartz essay and so on and so forth. So it was pretty weird, all-encompassing experience. And I think I might stop playing Bloodborne. <laughs> but I did finish Infinite Jest. <laughs> Can I tell you a super embarrassing Bloodborne story? Please, do. please tell it's me anything worst. super embarrassing you, about worst. yourself. Not only can you, you must. Okay, good. Uh, so I wanted to play some video games on my Mac. 
which I do fairly frequently, and I wanted to use my Jewel Shock, and which I also they do don't have Bloodborne on that platform. No, but <laughs> uh, usually when I do this, I unplug my PS4 from the mains, from the electricity supply, because if you turn on your controller, then you turn on your PS4. I did not do this, <laughs> and I played a game for many hours, and then later I. Had fucking shitloads of emails, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've been hacked! What's going on? My PSN, like, PlayStation's emailing me tons of stuff. What? Verify your account. Verify your account. Verify your account." I was like, "What the fuck is this? You have bought Bloodborne seventy nine dollars." I was like, "Shit!" What? And then I was like, "Oh, so, oh so no!" You, so you're, I just, it, just it was paired with two things somehow. Yeah, I plugged it into. The, oh, well, you plugged god. it into your Mac, to but it was back. Bluetooth things yeah, on the PS4. So I was just oh buying Bloodborne. <laughs> you bought Bloodborne seventy nine like, times. No, no, I just bought it, like, I bought it one time, but it's, like, the worst game to buy because it's, like, the, you know, it was 50 pounds because I had the, the UK store, but I guess it's, like, 79 bucks or something. Oh, my God. But, like, had it been just some game that was, like, 8 like a DLC 99 or something, it been, like, ugh, yeah. fine. <laughs> like, but it was, just, like, that's a horrendous price to pay. This is the universe pay. telling you you need to be playing Bloodborne. Oh, yeah, no. but I already own Bloodborne on disc. <laughs> that's why it's, like... No. I'm like, oh, good. Oh, Thanks. no. Did you at least do well on your Mac game? <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> I was playing more of that West Toronto game. It was oh, yeah. oh, nice. oh, yeah. But, you know, I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this. I thought, you, Bloodborne. I thought your story was going to be that you somehow had launched Bloodborne and, like, Oh, and like just being like, a boss, yeah. <laughs> just like wrecked shop in Bloodborne somehow. I thought when you said you were getting a lot of messages, I thought it was going to be all your friends, your PSN friends, being like, "You suck at Bloodborne." Because <laughs> they were like invading your game or something. These are all yeah. possibilities. Instead, it was the worst one where you paid eighty dollars. I paid a bunch of money for a yeah. game I already own. <laughs> this is why it's nice that the Xbox uh, 360 didn't turn on until your TV was turned on. <laughs> that was what? annoying in all other ways. Do you remember that? I don't know if the Xbox One did it, but the 360, you'd power it on, and it, oh, would, yeah. it would just that be like, true. I'm just going to wait till oh HDCP God, is enabled, so annoying. and then you'd finally turn it on, and it goes, whoop, system update. You're like, yeah. fuck you, why didn't you just do that <laughs> in the half hour yeah. when I wasn't caring about you because I, I was yeah, eating? I'm the kind of, like, I hate waiting for, like, dumb little things, like, it to cycle through and do all that but stuff. See? So I'll just walk by it and, like, turn it on and be like, in a few minutes, I'm going to want to use this. And this is a little tiny annoyance, like, ate but at me. Think, think about this, though. Think of all the games you could have accidentally bought but didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so think of all the Jay Allard was right yet again. <laughs> Allard was right. He didn't want you to buy Bloodborne. Oh, that's correct. He still doesn't. I don't think he cares. I think yeah, he wants you to buy, like, anyone. BMX bike wants security you to buy a cool systems. bicycle block. Yeah. yeah. Is that what he's doing now? Oh, yeah. He's got this website. It's like Project 529, I think. I'm going to figure out if that's what it is. And it's, it's, it's a bicycle security company in Portland owned by Jay Allard. Uh, that <laughs> You've like, got sick gear. But is it sick BMX bikes or is it? No, like- it's like all about it, basically what it seems. Okay, what it kind of feels like <laughs> to me is that Jay Allard is just like. He was a former engineering dork nerd guy who then got like sort of slowly morphed into extreme sports guy and is now just like full on Portland like biker artisanal guy in his (laughs) in his middle age, but who is like really, really, really annoyed that the place he lives like isn't entirely a a just like utopia for other like bicycle community <laughs> dorks and there are also bicycle thieves who live there and oh, he no. seems really like personally infuriated <laughs> like it's different than it's it's it feels like 
it is this is like a he's moral trying, yeah. crusade. He's, he's trying to be Portland's a, cool uncle, I would say. Oh yeah. Like, there's all these front like you're the forefront of this business. Like, yeah, is he, yeah, he is it like Well no, isn't it? Alan's no, bike? no, they don't call it that. There are like, videos like him coming to like a stop and turning the wheel but sweet, uh, right up to the but camera. Like a sweet, yeah, it's like yeah. Don't you hate when your bike gets stolen? <laughs> oh man, this is a bummer. The okay, the reason I think that the reason I I have this like overly specific theory about it is because I, their website seems different. We now. trust you, Chris. But like they have all of these bikeus, they bike haikus that are. I, it doesn't look like they're on their mobile site. Maybe they changed their site and they don't have them anymore. But they used to have these bikeus all over their website. Oh goodness! And there were they used to have a lot of like slogans. And like fight the power. And Jay Allard like, was like, like mottos aimed at like bike thieves of shit. Like we're gonna. It's it was weirdly vindictive and like very aggressive. Yeah, but all but was Jay's like, was like, this is what I do. Killed my first bike thief today. <laughs> right. Project like, five two nine. The thing that was so that was so funny about it to me was that all everything about it was like projecting this image of like peaceful bike people except they just fucking murderously hate bike thieves <laughs> it's just like a, it's just a really odd juxtaposition that it looks like they've stripped off their website to some oh. degree because i don't it just doesn't look like what it, it doesn't have all I that still shit there. all over it that they used to legs spinning madly the constant fluid movement <laughs> pedaling non-stop <laughs> Where did you find the Baiku? I just googled bike haiku. Oh, okay. <laughs> is this one from them or is this someone else? I don't know. Attributed to Baiku four two nine. If I just do Baiku, I'm gonna stop. Do... Stop, you guys, stop. Video games. Stop. stop. Video games are the best. <laughs> well, well, anyway, so that's what Jeff. Oh, Jeff, the update. <laughs> okay, here's here's a Baiku from. This is the kind of thing that I was talking about. Bike thieves suck, so join. Five to nine today to take a bite out of crime. That's not even a haiku. That's terrible. That's just one. I like that middle bit. The that's most. one 17 syllable sentence. Five to like, nine to join today. I just love the McGruff reference at the end there. Yeah. Taking a bite oh, out sorry. Of crime. It's to take a bike out of crime. Oh, take a bike out of crime. This has to stop. <laughs> Yeah, I have to admit the uh, the portrait of Jay Allard there looks a lot like young King Tommen without hair. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it does. That was my poetic thought of the evening of the day. Maybe if he had a wig of from um, Good Wigs, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> right. If he fine. did, yeah, all these things. Has anyone true. played any video games? I, I have. Oh man, that's a shock. I realized I played two video games, but I cannot speak of them. So I I nearly played two at once, but you've heard that story. (laughs) That's right. I like that. I liked that. That was pretty good. I played one, but I'm willing to bet Danielle's are are more relevant and interesting. No, I doubt that. Chris, you go. Well, Danielle, you do one, then Chris, you do one. Okay. I'll tell you about the coolest game I played this week. Oh, shit. This is a cool game. I bet. It's a game called Gardenarium. Gardenarium. I saw this somewhere, but I, I I didn't look into it very much. It doesn't much. sound like the coolest of games. It was really but cool. <laughs> it was a cool game. Doubt. So what is it? this <clears throat> is a uh, this is made by Paloma Dawkins and Kyle someone. Uh, it, the co-op people they make like tiny little indie games on itch.io and things like that. Uh, this is them. Kyle Carler. I don't remember. I'm sorry. I'll I'll look it up again before the end of the episode. Uh, but this is sort of like. A very hippie, pastel-hued walking sim with a little more ambition. So it's by Paloma Dawkins and Kyler Kelly. There it is. Sarah, thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you for having that handy. You're welcome. Um, 
It is a trippy Timothy Leary acid trip, but happy and pretty pastel hued world that you are walking through. And you are picking up garbage, you're picking up cans as you walk through this world. And as you do that, plants grow and flower and things get really happy and wonderful. (laughs) And you talk to all these little people. Some of them are little creatures. Some of them look like people. Some of them don't look like people, but they're all people, I guess. Uh, And you are on a cloud talking to these people and exploring this world. The coolest part about it is that Everything in the world, so it's basically a 3D game, it's a first person uh, game, but everything is billboarded. So all these weird little effects, so like when the plants are growing or where things are growing after you've picked up the garbage, all these weird billboarding... Like Wind Waker. Like, sort of like Wind Waker, yeah. Like the way that like Like the water and like explosion effects. Exactly, like all of that stuff is just sort of like happening in front of you. And you can see how it's billboarded and you can actually talk to the little people in their little speech bubbles, Mm -hmm, you know, they, they... switch with that effect it's really fun and really really pretty and chill it looks like a kind of like very simplified sort of cross between like sar- like the yellow submarine era like sure. psychedelic animation and like adventure time or something yeah absolutely that's a really really good uh descriptor i think it's also <laughs> this is the part people don't know about it once you get to a certain point in the game it also becomes a spaceship sim in a okay. paisley psychedelic world it's, it's just a spoiler alert I, right there? I, I hope not I Either mean, spoiler alert or selling it is the is the I, question right? it's, one or, it's yeah, one or the other true. there are other cool things going on there's a little bit of platforming um it's really just a very trippy pretty little game that's like a really good palette cleanser between yeah you know other kinds of games or more mechanically ambitious between like games. bloodborne accidental between, bloodborne between bloodborne <laughs> and more bloodborne which is Yes. Disc copy, digital copy. Loved it so much. All these twice. So this is called um, Gardenarium. Gardenarium. You know what you just said? It's like also has a uh, spaceship sim in it? Sort of a spaceship. Yeah. Let's go with spaceship sim in it. Have we (laughs) talked about the magic circle at all on this podcast? I don't think we have. I don't think so. Do you guys know what this is? No. Okay. This is a game that is being made by... um, by two two guys I know who I worked with at Irrational. Um, well, no, that's not really true. I sorry, I, I worked with one of them at Irrational. The other one, uh, Jordan Thomas, worked on the original Bioshock. Was creative director of Bioshock Two, and then worked on like the latter stages of Bioshock Infinite. He's one of the the two main guys. And the other guy who I did work with at Irrational, Stephen Alexander, who worked on Bioshock One and Infinite, and is like just these guys are both really really talented. Um, and then they have other people working on the game as well, but it's, it's they're the sort of primary force on it. And it's it's a game about a game be under development, like it's a game about a game that has been made, like been made and remade and delayed and like gone it's through development infinite. hell for like a decade. <laughs> yeah. It's really, that is a good game for people from irrational and yeah. descendants. To be made. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's really, Yikes. really, it's really interesting. It's a really weird game. Like you're sort of playing this game and there's like the soul of the game has like developed an awareness of itself at this point, like gestating. I, I'm not, I haven't, I, I played like a, a very, early, early, early build of it ages ago, but I have not played it since then. Um, the the reason I bring it up is because they did some press recently and like put out some video and screenshots and stuff. And so that's the stuff I'm talking about. Like, I'm not talking about like secret things I've seen that no one else sure, has seen. Sure. Um, but the reason I bring it up is because 
I don't know what the fucking deal with this is, but I really want to know. One of the <laughs> things that they released recently was like a game. So the, the main game looks like concept art that you're inside of. So it's 3D. It's it's made oh, in wow. Unity as far as I know, but like it's all hand like sketch illustrated and like with shader work to approximate like pencil shading and so on. Um, so it looks like you're in this like incomplete world that hasn't yet been built out. That's well, or at least that's what I thought it was. But there's also apparently just like other stages of the other like stages of the game's development in this game. One of which I guess is like basically System Shock Two. Like it just looks, <laughs> it just looks like a space station nice. a yeah. game made in the era that that um, System Shock Two was made. What? I don't know what. Yeah, this I don't know what the context of this is. Man, yeah, it sounds incredible. This, like, I just saw this on Steam or somewhere, just like this trailer, and it just looks like someone made a game that was lost that that, that would have come out in 1999. That just never existed. It really just looks like that's that. Incredible. It's incredible. Man, that's yeah. like, we, I think we talked about this when Duke Nukem Forever was coming out about sort of like at least my dream of what the Duke Nukem Forever final release would have been, which is like the special features ultimate edition of Duke Nukem Forever, which right. is just yes. a menu that would drop you into all the different versions of it. Yeah. <laughs> but now I want basically the Charlie Kaufman version of Duke Nukem Forever, which is like taking yeah. that license and all of those assets and then spinning an insane thing that falls in on itself. But that sounds like what this is, but it just invents its own IP. I mean, not literally a Charlie Kaufman thing, but like, yeah. yeah. Oh man, what? Good. so good. This is called the where, magic circle. Yeah. And I can't even figure out where <sighs> I saw this out? trailer. Be- no, uh, but I think soon, I think it'll be out in like in early access soon, but, um, but I can't even find where I saw this. Um, it's like, it's weird. It was incepted. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? You actually had a dream about this. But then when you woke up, there was an email. But like... <laughs> I, uh, Surprisingly expensive ARG. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. It's okay, Chris. It's okay. It's, God, it I guess it really also cool. includes a, like a text adventure. Or no, it's a... Okay, the fictional game is a remake of a 1980s text adventure. So, like, the story is there was this 1980s text okay. adventure that, like, was sort of a cult classic, and it's being remade by this, like, hotshot creative director, but it, like, became this just totally... In so the- is this just a metaphor for the Bureau XCOM Declassified? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's probably not one-to-one uh, that much to, to anything, but, God, it's it's... It's really interesting. Is this a really interesting concept and weird thing that they're making? Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, I can't figure out where to find this goddamn trailer. (laughs) Um, They have this whole like Twitter account that was like doing weird guerrilla marketing for the game. That was as though like testers or other people who worked on the game were like speaking out about this fucked up development process and so on. And the the first time I saw one of them, someone just like retweeted it into my feed, and I thought it was an actual yeah. like expose that someone was trying to to get out there. It's um, Rob Zachney's tell all story of the magic circle. It was EA's spouse <laughs> leaking. That would be a really good ARG entry point. I hope Actually, that they're not. Be. I hope that they're not being too clever for their own good with the promotion of this game. Um, because I'm having a really hard time actually finding their, their like not... their you know. Yeah. Um, the way it was intended, Chris. Yeah. Is it part no of the fiction that, like, a CEO came over and fired those QA people who spoke out? And then so they actually have to, like, reposition themselves as somebody so They had else? to, like... Re- oh, man. Okay. Here's, <laughs> yeah. here's the fucking deeper. video that I was talking about. Oh, Look at this Oh, my shit. God. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
It just looks like so they it made looks like System Shock 2. It's 1999, Yeah. No, Prey. What was that really good one from well, the original Prey? The original. Oh, the the, the GT Interactive impossible trailer. Geometries. Yeah. Like, yeah. Impossible. <laughs> that that yeah. Impossible geometries. Anyway, um, look up the match. It looks like this actually. The article that I found this video in was on um, Polygon. Oh. Yeah. So the headline of the article is the Magic Circle short story. I guess. Um. Anyway, I, I'm rambling too too long about this, but but you were saying that 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 game included like secret. Spaceship Sim sure, made me think yeah. about this thing that I saw it's last all week. And games, was like, yeah. What on earth? It was really exciting. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. Um, do you guys want to take a break? Sure. Yeah. All right. Video game. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Pro Flowers. Awesome. Yeah, flowers for moms in your life or other people who love flowers, but mainly moms because it's Mother's Day. On Sunday. Oh, that's right. It's coming right up. It is coming right up. You have such little time remaining <laughs> to be a good son or daughter to your amazing mom or other moms you know. You should get on this. Proflowers.com. Use the code THUMBS. You can get 100 blooms with Ooh. a free glass vase <laughs> for just nineteen ninety nine. It's a good deal. That's a yeah. lot of blooms. A lot of bloom in there. It is a lot of blooms for nineteen ninety nine. Yes. Yeah, that's a good deal for blooms. I know. Blooms. I did this actually. I, <laughs> after did? I, yes, after our last ad, I went there and I got my mom just a shitload of blooms. Awesome. I had them sent to her apartment. Uh, I ha- they have not arrived yet. They they will be arriving. What if she's on listening time, on Friday? I believe is when Perfect. I had them arrive. Yeah. Oh, so maybe she's listening now. She's expecting. The My mom does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> never <it's> will. <laughs> uh, yes, no, but she does receive flowers from me. Uh, Proflowers dot com offer code thumbs a hundred blooms for nineteen ninety nine. But did you go Good the deal. full whammy and include the next sponsor's <gasps> gift also? Oh man! Is it Sherry's Berries? Okay, this podcast is also sponsored by Sherry's Berries. Once again, this is last minute. Mother's Day is coming up. You, if you haven't thought about this shit yet, you're probably fucking up. <laughs> Other things, <laughs> you're the worst <laughs> child. So this is time to make up for it now. Uh, go to berries.com. That's b-e-r-r-i-e-s dot com. Click the microphone in the top right corner. Type in thumbs. You are going to get giant chocolate <laughs> dipped strawberries. Yes, chocolate dipped in even, chocolate even and better. candy and other cool things. Starting at $19.99, it's over 40% savings. Get this. You can double the berries for only $5. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Twice as many berries for only $5 more. This deal is like the latest best deal. You latest ber- and greatest deal for yes. moms. So com. Click that microphone, use the offer code THUMBS, save your disastrous situation <laughs> of not having far thought far enough ahead. Your mom Just deserves it. Do yourself it. a favor. Do your mom a favor. Do everyone else's moms a favor. Unless you're in the UK where we had Mother's Day already in March. <laughs> in, that in, case, case, in that case, you're, you're really late. You're months late. You're, yeah. a, you're just a total catastrophe. <laughs> Fix it now. Do what you can. <laughs> Do B-E-R-R-I-E-S. what you can. You better double the berries if that happens. Yeah. Offer code thumbs. Get on it. They're delicious. We've had them. We've all had them. They are tasty. Yeah. Good berry. Nothing says 
Um, I'm sorry I was so late getting this gift, like a hundred blooms and also double <laughs> and double the berries. <laughs> So I went to Gary Danko's for the first time oh, in my life. Gary Danko is ago. like high end. Yeah, it's, it's like one of the more. Actually, you know what? It's probably the say, highest end in San Francisco. No, it's, I think. it is not. It's not. Not anymore. It, you could that may have been true at one point. Okay, there are places in San Francisco. Well, especially if you include like Napa and oh, okay, then it gets really expensive. Okay. No, but even in San Francisco, there are now places that are more expensive than Gary Danko. I see. I that see. That was not true. The a one time I went ago. to Gary yeah. Danko. Oh, okay. I, I want to hear about this. Well, why did you... You just went there just to go? I went there for uh, my girlfriend's birthday. Oh, great. Fact. Yeah. Nice. It was lovely. So, the, the one time I went to Gary Danko, <laughs> I I was... Um, I'd only been out of college a couple years. I was working uh, at Shack News, and um, <clears throat> a friend of mine... I thought you were going to say I was working in a shack, and I was like, no, "Oh, Gary no, Danko's." I, mean, yeah. I, I might as well. Have been. He was in a shack. Yeah. Uh, I might as well. Have been the hard for the truth salary that I shack earned news was that, that it was at that shack. time in my life. Sure. It was fine, but uh, um, it was my first job. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, my first professional job. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so by I, someone I knew who worked at Rockstar Games, the publisher, was in town. And he was like, "Hey, man, you want to get you want to go get dinner? Like, uh, you know, I can I can put it on my expense account or whatever." <laughs> nice. And um, and he's like, "Where do you want to go?" And I'm like, "Ah, you know, I had, I had just moved to San Francisco from Berkeley, sure. Um, like not long before that, so I didn't really know. I I also did not make the kind of money that would enable me to like go to restaurants ever. Like, I sure. I didn't go out and do things. You know, I was making like the bare minimum yeah. to to able to be able to San Francisco. So I called my dad." Because we, I, I was born in San Francisco, and we and we lived here when I was a little kid. Um, but my parents, you know, lived there before that, obviously. Um, so they, and so I called my dad, and I'm like, "Hey, dad, like, what's what's a good?" Because my dad is the kind of guy who just like he knows these things. knows things. Yeah. Like when yeah. my dad goes to a new place, good he dad. Just, he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's well, he's <laughs> he's oh. the guy who like instantly figures out. Like he instantly makes friends with the manager at the restaurant. Sure, he's sure. just like one of those guys. Yeah, like yeah. For somehow he just like always the you know he's been in a place for a day and he just knows all the things now. Sure, and is that kind of that just, kind of person? Yeah. yeah, he grew up in he grew up in Brooklyn, grew up in New York, so he's like that kind of. Um, and uh, and so I'm like, hey, Dad, where where should I go? And he's like, oh, go to Gary Denko. That's great. Great, great place, Gary Denko. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I I I tell my friend, I'm like, hey, man, like. You want to go to this place, Gary Danko? And he's like, okay, great. Sure. So like he comes and, and, uh, and, you know, picks me up in a cab or something and we go there. And I remember we, we sat down and it's really nice. It's and I'm like, I did end. not know this was yeah. going to be what this was. Uh, and so we sit down and I remember he, like, we got the menus and he picked up the menu and he looked at it and there was just like a five second, just like, ah. Like, just the realization of like this what, is where we are. Yes, yeah. I felt so fucking awkward. Like I was Rude, so yeah, bad. I, like, it's I terrible. Yeah. Things, oh, it's I, on your expense account. Yeah, <laughs> Gary <laughs> Dank. Thanks, thanks, so, friendo money bags. Yeah, like, I, think, I felt so. I felt so bad. I think I ordered like a small salad. And nothing else. Because I felt so bad. Because I did not. It was not what I expected. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just going to be like a decent hotel restaurant. Yeah, sure, So I, I sure. ordered just like this little salad. Uh, and I think he just like, 
I think he like because he works for Rockstar or did at the time. I'm sure that he had that initial moment of shock of like, whoa, this was not quite what I was expecting. But then, you know, like was like, well, whatever, fuck it. Like it's on the Hauser brothers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so, totally. Like, and he just like ordered what just went, just ordered the things you order. Yeah. And, but I was like, I felt so bad uh, <laughs> and felt so like, like unprepared to yeah. like. So I just I ordered just something. I would have the just, side salad. Yeah, it was it was it was really dumb. I should have just gone oh, for it. Like who yeah. cares? What I like, mean, you're now already I, there. Go for it. But I didn't. It. You know, at the time, yeah. I had no. Yeah, no, I I could totally sympathize with that, especially when you're right like out of a, college. Yeah, that was the one really time good. I went there. How was that salad? I was. I suspect it was really good. I can't remember because it, it was a salad. They make like, a mean just, salad. How was your guilt salad? Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> it your guilty salad. <laughs> it's it's like the kind of place where you know so i'm there i'm there with my girlfriend and we you know we live in san francisco but because we live in san francisco we can't afford to go to places like this often of course yeah. it's one of those like where you know pretty much everybody else who's in there can go to places like this all the time and we're kind of sitting there in our like finery which we break out every six months to right. actually wear you know it's yeah. like this kind of ridiculous you feel a little bit like right. oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay totally. i'm here and i'm gonna now pretend to be uh you know a very um yes i'm gonna pretend to be a very like well-mannered like, adult casual about this like no <laughs> right. big deal nbd right. this is this is fine thank you very much like, you appreciate it but you're not like overwhelmed you're exactly like, of course this is exactly. i'm used to being in this right situation oh, please explain I'm... to me the cheeses yes yeah. i i would love to know uh were the cows you know were the cows treated well <laughs> what were their names? You know, just very like affected, uh, sort of being there. A little bit awkward. There was times. definitely something where I had never had this particular preparation of something before, a, a harissa or something. And I felt like I just sort of went to the waiter and I was like, could you please explain to me how to enjoy this properly? Like, I used this <laughs> phrase that I would have used as a six-year-old who tried yeah. to look cool in front of their parents right, at right. dinner kind of thing. Like, oh, this was splendid, you know? Just very that's much, like, that's like please a, show me how to enjoy this properly. Well, that, that's, that's, that's what a marketer wants you to do. They want you to experience yes. Coca-Cola, not drink it. Yes, exactly. Mm. You know, they, it was want very, you, they want you to enjoy it. It was one of those moments where, you know, I'm... 31 and it takes kind of a lot to make me feel like I'm being a child who's trying to, you know, dress up as the part of an adult. Mm -hmm. But that was definitely one of those moments. You did the right right thing, I think. Like, you just were like, I don't know what this is. Tell me what this is. I think (laughs) that's the right attitude to have in those things. Because as soon as you, like, pretend that you know what the hell this French is and, like, (laughs) oh, yeah, that's it. I know what that is. It's really easy to get caught (laughs) into that. And it happens to me constantly. But then you just have to remind yourself, ugh, nobody knows what this shit is. Just be like, what is that? And they will say, oh, it's like a stew. Like, just okay, ex- cool. Just explain <laughs> it to yeah, me. Yes. That sounds good. Yes, absolutely. Thanks. Maybe you should say to the waiter, like, look, there's a big tip in it for you if you make it look like I know what the hell's happening. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Oh, hi, Jake. Did Jake. you enjoy that story, Jake? It was really good. It was about a waiter, I guess. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, basically. Huh. Are we back? Oh, I thought I thought we were back all along. We no. told that fun story. No. Now we're back. Now though. we're back for real. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now we're totally back. Cool. <laughs> Jake is talking into a beer bottle right now. Well, <laughs> I guess that that says something. Perhaps that is uh, life. You know. Yeah. I it's played his it. Wife? What? It's this my, is it's my wife. Yeah. It's beer. <laughs> it's his <laughs> wife, Allegash White. <laughs> <laughs> Ms. Oh, Ms. Ms. Allegash White. Ms. Allegash White. That's like a. That's Please like. Please tell a... me how to enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a southern like. 
society woman's it name. It does sound like that. Yeah, she's going to, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what Southern society women do. Do you like, uh, <laughs> no what's, the th- what's the thing? Do you uh, like? Clue is what she participates in. It's in a debutante's clue. <laughs> yes. So you're about to clue. play something? I was going to tell you, you I, I played the opposite game of Gary Danko's. <laughs> the opposite game? I, I, well, I played a game that is so aesthetically far from, from Gary Danko's that it amuses me. This game is called... Did I talk about this already in the podcast, Brawl? You know how y'all know that you don't go to Gary Danko often? How? Is that you call it Gary Danko's. Because I think I thought it was his restaurant. It is, but it's just, it's like the fancy panties. I see. Like hoity-toity one. I went just- to the Gary Danko's the other day, <laughs> and I had a beer, and they looked at me like, what are you, queer? What's going on here? <laughs> well, you just rhymed everything. <sighs> what we do in Rhode Island when we speak. Oh, I was speaking of Rhode Island. I was looking. Were you? <laughs> I was looking up coffee milk today because you've oh, talked perfect. about it. Yes, and I what? found that I found it's that it was delicious. that it is the official state drink it of is. Rhode Island. It really coffee is. milk. Coffee we have milk. an official state <laughs> shellfish as well. What is the official state? Uh, shellfish? Quahog. Okay. Yes. And I learned that I learned that the state legislature or whatever um, ha- was ha- was like came down to this like very tight decision between naming the official state drink coffee milk or. Dell's lemonade. Yep, that was very close. That was which, a contentious one. Yeah, let me which tell you. apparently Wait, in Rhode thing? Island. No, no they're no, very they're different. different. Oh, I see. Very they different. balance. Yeah, I see. Apparently, Dell's lemonade is so like universal that lemonade is often just referred to as Dell's. Yep, often. I, true fact, I was Dell's lemonade girl in a particular part of McCoy Field, which is where the Pawtucket Red Sox play. It, professional uh, AAA baseball for a great time in my life. Nice. Yes. Devil's Lemonade Girl. That's cool. That was but me. what is coffee milk? Okay. <laughs> so coffee milk, I'll tell you about it in my accent so you know it's for real. Coffee milk is kind of like chocolate milk. Same same idea, but you do a coffee uh, syrup instead of a chocolate syrup. So it's milk. It's cold. You just drink it as if it was strawberry milk or a chocolate milk, but it's coffee flavored. So it's a coffee. Sort of. It's like a coffee. It's like, like a, a concentrated like a, coffee syrup. Yeah, it's very sweet. Milk. It's very sugary. Okay. Yes, it's I've never had this milk. It's delicious. I thought it's I didn't realize that's what it was nice. until today. You I just thought, thought there was, was like, a less fancy name for a latte. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I thought it was even less fancy than that. I thought it was literally just coffee and milk. But well, no, but but, but the no, coffee there's syrup also is a sugar. different thing. Coffee syrup is totally different. Like kids have it. It's not like <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have coffee as a as a little kid, but I could have coffee milk because it was just like chocolate milk, but with coffee instead. Is it caffeinated? It's probably a little bit, but it's not a lot. It's just like uh, I tell people it's a lot like coffee ice cream. It's the same exact thing, only it's just milk. It's melted. But milk. Mmm. <laughs> there you go. Delicious. So, so what is the game you played that is perhaps closer aesthetically to coffee milk than Gary Danko? <laughs> Brawl. Brawl. <laughs> Brawl. A little while back, right yeah. around the time of the PlayStation 4 launch, there was a game called Basement Crawl. Okay. It was not a very good game because it was a little broken and they rushed it to uh, to market uh-huh. to go in in the launch window of the PS4. I reviewed this game and it got a 2. <laughs> oh, it was no. really broken. It was really yeah. broken. So the, the premise... Of the original game of Basement Crawl was basically kind of like a 90s grimdark Bomberman. Basically just a multiplayer Bomberman style game. You're on a grid. You're throwing little bombs at other little creepy people and blowing them up. Just like Saturn Bomberman, but with these horrible, like, evil clown and evil other guy. Yes, okay, I'm looking at this now and there's like like a... 
dark like teddy bear with glowing yes, eyes evil teddy bear his, his, that's right his leg is being chopped off by a bear trap exactly and his mouth is like wired shut it's stupid looking classic character yep it seems <laughs> like your favorite kind a of lot of that oh it's my favorite kind of game so bloober team which is the team well, this who game made got this bad game. reviews from everyone it, it was it was really broken they were actually they came to america to show us their new version of the game which everybody gets for free if you actually bought basement crawl you get this newer better version that actually works oh, so brawl is a new version brawl, of basement crawl exactly only it works <laughs> this game has, this team has a weird history <laughs> it this does game has, this team has a weird like sure does history of games <laughs> so their first game was called uh their first game was called Double Bloob, which I guess is why the team is called Bloober Team. <laughs> Probably. The second game was Music Master Chopin. The they they made a game called Amen. Amen. Or A Dash Men. A Dash Men. And uh, Amen Two. Then they made Basement Crawl. <laughs> then it was Basement Crawl. Then they made oh no no they're making a game called Last Flight. And they also made Brawl. Yes. Brawl is actually a really fun Bomberman game with, you know, there are a million different modes. It's it's a couch like a co-op. eyed clown. Yeah, with the evil clowns, <laughs> evil teddy bears, things like that. The aesthetic is very twisted metal, like 1998's, you know, most yeah. hardcore evil clowns. But um, <laughs> uh, it's actually a fun little party game. So they, they made good with the, I think the narrative here is that they finally made good on the whole thing. And they arranged it with Sony to actually give people a free version of the better game right um i like bomberman games so i dug this i thought it was fun sure uh, i don't really care for the evil clown thing but uh no. <laughs> you know if you, if, you had, if you had to adjust your two oh for this game i mean this game would be more of a seven i think or maybe Official. potentially higher. No, I don't. I don't Official review games score. anymore. But oh. I, I, just with the time, with the couple of hours I spent with it, I think this is a very serviceable, fun Bomberman clone. And nobody's made a Bomberman game in a really long time. FYI, this game's available on Nvidia Shield. Oh, there you go. Cool. Press press release. <laughs> is it like it. a local press call right up. thing? Like it is yeah. Bomberman. It, cool. it it basically is Bomberman. Yeah, but with these characters it is bomberman this is what happened to bomberman well it's a better bomberman game than the, what the bomberman people have been making or that last the awful... opening cutscene is bomberman just putting grease paints on and like severing one of his limbs and replacing it <laughs> and being like you thought on a clown costume <laughs> you thought <laughs> bombs were funny makeup goes back out there that's what he is <laughs> you thought bombs were funny Huge just stadium floodlights turn on on the Bomberman <laughs> map, and just a rolling barrel on fire comes out, and then <laughs> and then a cat brawl. with his mouth wired shut. Looks yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be brawl. Bomberman. <laughs> Good. Gary Danko's Bomberman. God, when I, I remember the uh, GameCube. Bomberman, the Bombermen would all shout Bomber like, mans. like white bomber, like black bomber. And the way they said it always sounded like black power. <laughs> white power. That's always Islam is the light. Islam is the light. <laughs> That's all we talk about at this point. All we talk about is Islam is the light. That's all we talk about. It is. <sighs> Man, Jake, speaking of NVIDIA Shield. Do you want to talk about the like crazy thing that an idle thumbs reader like? I guess, yeah. Do we talk about that thing? 
I mean, I don't know why not. <laughs> you have to now. I guess we do have to. We have to talk about it because because a drum we, because we we it's so usable for potential amazing plans. Yeah, yeah. We met um we met with an Idle Thumbs reader who was one of our Kickstarter backers. He actually um amazingly, if you go to the Kickstarter uh like. Was it called the Wizard Circle, the Lord's Wall, Founder's Wall, whatever it's called? Yeah, we, well, the, if, you, if you go to idlethumbs.net slash extras, there's a page on there that lists all of our Kickstarter backers, and everyone got to put their own name in. And um, this is a guy who who backed us to uh, an amount that we, we appreciate very much, so his name is up at the top. And his he listed the name F. Nick Brecken as his name, so we had no idea who this guy was until yeah. we met him, and he was like, oh, I'm, I'm F. Nick Brecken. Um, so, <laughs> That's actually his name, which is yeah, surprising. He, <laughs> he is an insane... Engineer that makes you feel like you might be the stupidest person on on the planet. Actually, that's not how it makes you feel. He, you, he's a great guy to talk to, and is incredibly <laughs> smart. To the but you just you you are. Um, it is made clear to you that there is another class of human mind above yours, right? Basically, um, so it's not put down the rest of human existence. But he handed us a backpack. No, he didn't even hand us a backpack. He just said. Here, go to this website. On your phone. On your phone. And Chris went to a website on his phone and it was like, oh, hilarious. It's a, it's like a stream, it's like a, a, a video of the Dreamcast menu. And then, like, buttons loaded in over the top. And then he was like, oh, just, just, um, play it. And he <laughs> has a box in his house that's running his own streaming protocol that is incredibly terrifyingly efficient to the point that it's like borderline lagless over a cell phone connection. Wow. And he also has a thing wired in to a, the Dreamcast controller. What? So it's running a hardware Dreamcast that's going in through a video encoder that what? is also going through yeah. a through So I was playing yeah. his actual Dreamcast, like not a Dreamcast emulator, not like what I, I was playing his physical actual Dreamcast console sitting sitting in his apartment in New York 3000 miles away. And then he's like, wow. scroll up. And there's a button at the top that says Xbox 360 PS2. And you just press those and it goes, K-shung. it's just an AB switch on the screen. Oh my God. <laughs> and you just like, what? Yeah. yeah. I played Reach. I played Halo Reach. Excellent. It's, oh. It was it was scarily <laughs> low latency. And oh, it was a crazy thing that was just like, oh, I just made this when I wasn't doing stuff at work. Like... <laughs> What? And then, but then it ended with him giving us a backpack. It's like, anyway, one of them is in here. What? <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! So we, at some point, are gonna have to figure out like something we can do that will allow Idle Thumbs readers to like dial into our console. Yeah. Oh, he <sighs> he said that. I guess what it actually does is it it goes out to a PlayStation Two controller, but. Uh, to PlayStation 2 controller port, but there are cross-platform adapters from pre- PS2 to basically everything. So he's like, oh yeah, so then it can plug into a Dreamcast or a PS2 or a 360, and then he's like, Bef- I open my mouth to talk, and he's like, yeah, you can plug GameCube in and play Pikmin 2. So- <laughs> oh, perfect! <laughs> so awesome. That, yeah. So you could play, like, dial-up multiplayer Pikmin 2 on an actual GameCube hardware over this. <laughs> That's he so calls, crazy. He calls it. He calls it the remote bone. Yeah, which the is pretty, which is pretty bone. good. Yeah. Um, the reason bone. this occurred to me is because he also showed it to us on an Nvidia Shield. So you, like, he also <laughs> right. just like had an Nvidia Shield Excellent. with him. And he's like, yeah, go to the website, go to the browser. Like, I was all on this. all bound to the analog stick. Everything just worked. Wow. Like one for one. There's no latency. Like, there's some. I mean, there's some because it's it has to go literally send the of course, video signal like across the country. Playing. But like, yeah, it's, I mean, it was it was way more responsive than you would expect mm-hmm. over just like LTE. 
Yeah, wow. it was really cool. Or like he, I think he tethered the shield to his cell phone. Yes, he did. He tethered, he tethered the shield to his cell phone, and then yes, <sighs> that was a that was a good, weird, surprising dinner. Also, people who back the Out of Thumbs Kickstarter are all sweet. It turns out, like whenever we meet people so who beautiful. did that, they're so sweet. They're so sweet. <laughs> That's really nice. I the the community of Idle Thumbs is. I've said this many times, but it is shocking to me at times how awesome. They're shocking. It's true. It is like, actually honestly shocking, shocking yeah. at times. Like wow, yeah, people can be nice. On I mean, the Wizard Jam is a, another example of how incredible. <sighs> I know. So yeah. true. I should stream some of those Wizard Jam games. I know. We should. I we should I put should. a stream together. That's yeah. a good idea. That'd be fun. Um, okay, so the thing I played was Tie Fighter. Whoa! Yes, yeah. man, Tie yes. Fighter's back. I forgot. Like I know, literally, it's, it's oh, back again. God. It came it's out on well, it came out on yeah. God earlier this year. Yeah, and and because I because well. I'm a shit, I didn't play it till it came out on Steam. <laughs> I wasn't avoiding it at all. It's just that I opened classic the, Valve apologist. No, it's not that. It's not <laughs> like, I mean, it sucks. This is like why people put things out on Steam at this point because it's just like a multiplicative effect of ease, right? Yeah. Like I just opened up Steam one day, not intending to like do anything in particular, like just on Saturday, I guess this past Saturday, and Tie Fighter was there, and I was well, the X Wing Tie Fighter and X Wing versus Tie Fighter were all there. And I'm like, well, might as well. Eh. Yeah. So <laughs> might as well learn about the dark trooper program. Yeah. So the, <laughs> my, the biggest takeaway from this. So oh, wait, Chris, hold on. before we get too far into this, are you disappointed that the story of TIE fighter is no longer canon? Oh, that's true. They threw it away. Yeah. Does that yeah. bum you out? No. Does it, did your playthrough feel <laughs> like, no. valued now? Invalidated? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Be- I mean, I don't really feel anything about it. <laughs> I didn't think you would. No. But it was interesting to reflect on the fact that I played those games before I ever saw Star Wars. I've mentioned that on the podcast oh, before. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I played those games and went on Star Tours, the Disneyland ride, Perfect. before I ever saw <laughs> wow. the movie Star Wars. So, like, my relationship to that content was not like, oh, it's like that cool movie. It was just cool space game like cool yeah. space game with like cool spaceships in it and like a cool ride where you go through space yeah um so like the robot. I, I i didn't when i played them i didn't like perceive them as being an extension of another thing um anyway that's that's not relevant to the thing that i actually like took took from playing this now which is that you know i've talked we've talked about those games on the podcast before and in my memory it's always like oh man they have they have like all these different you can like you know uh, reallocate power and like switch your targeting computer and do all these things. And it's like really cool. And it feels like more intense than a sort of modern um, S- Star Wars licensed game would be. And so then I loaded it up and I'm like, okay, it works with the Xbox 360 controller. That's great. Um, uh, and I, you know, I didn't have to reconfigure Requires two 360 controllers. Well, so I started, <laughs> I started playing it and I was, and I'm, and I, I did the first, you know, I just loaded the first mission in the, in the story and I was like, oh, okay, this isn't really as complex as I remember. There's like you, you, you know, you. There's one stick for movement because it's like a joystick, um, and you know, you can, you can, you have throttle level thirty three percent, sixty six percent, and full. Um, you can like switch. You can target a thing, a, a, a craft that your reticule is over is you know is like targeting, um, and that and that's about it. 
uh, there's like one or two other inputs on the controller. And I was like, this is not really as like complex as I remember it being. And I, and I failed the mission like six times before then I realized that there's just like 20 more inputs on the keyboard <laughs> that I have to use that don't fit on the controller. And I'm like, Oh, right. <laughs> Cause I, I kept, fa- I kept failing. You it have to, because- you have to reroute where your shields are. You've got to choose like the weapon you're using and all sorts of stuff, right? The, like- well, not in the first, I mean, eventually not in the first mission. Cause you have a shitty tie fighter that can't, oh, right. that can't do anything. But like, but yeah, eventually it gets up to that. The thing I was actually missing was the ability to like cycle through targets that aren't already that you aren't already targeting. Mm. So I kept losing the mission because you have to you have to inspect these just like cargo freighters, right? And I and they would they would leave before I could get to them. And I'm like, how the hell can you're anybody just supposed to go, find these in time? Yeah. And I and then I additionally, even after I was doing it the right way, I failed it like four more times because I kept getting in fights. And I forgot that, like, no, this is not just like what a video game would be now. This is literally just you need to just calmly inspect these like cargo vessels <laughs> and don't get shot. And that's that's the whole mission. Um, and it's like kind of tense and like a cool version of tutorial, but it's not just like immediately start going and blowing things up. Um, and so anyway, I finally did that and played a couple missions. And, it was and then really it cool. turned out that you had bought Bloodborne <laughs> <laughs> all along. <laughs> Anyway, Tie Fighter is cool. Also, man, I had not seen those introductory the the introductory and mid mission cinematics in a while. They're pretty cheesy. They don't age as well as like <laughs> the core game. With Dennis, what's his face as Wedge Antilles? Uh, I don't know. It's a shame they're not canon. The Tie Fighter stuff, it's all like just limited animation, like yeah. pixel art that just occasionally yes. changes facial expressions right. and stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, like Wing Commander, I guess, probably. Mm-hmm. Until when Commander until, went FMV until, and had yes. Mark Hamill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, man. It was cool. But that, that is canon. <laughs> well, it's Wing Commander canon. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess it, is. it is. I hope It's so. canon for that Wing Commander movie that came it's out Mark in 1998. It's Mark Hamill canon. Oh, yeah. It might be. I took a bunch of my friends on my birthday to see that movie. That was my birthday <laughs> oh, man. party. And seeing Wing you, Commander. Are you still friends with them? I mean... <laughs> I was, what, 15? Yeah, so are you still friends with them? <laughs> no. I've talked about this before. <laughs> Incorrect. When, I, when I saw the Wing Commander movie in the theater, it was impossible. One, it was impossible to enjoy because it was the Wing Commander movie. The other reason it was po- impossible to enjoy is because the person in the seat in front of me, whenever anyone would fire, like, the guns in their ship, he would also mimic it and, like, get into it. <laughs> Whoa. And, like, say Wing Commander-esque things. Things and like just pump his fist and say, "Yeah, it oh, was man." Anyway, whatever. I that, talked about that before. That reminds me of something we talked about last week, which was that show Life with that yes. terrible Prince of Persia thing. I was right; it was a woman who actually played and beat the game. What was happened? It? Yeah, okay, they, okay. So they they bring up the nerd. They bring up the male nerd, mm-hmm. and he like starts playing the game and dies a bunch of times. And then, then the, like, Sarah Shahi so, takes over. I don't know who that is, but like the, then someone like <laughs> looks so, looks around and they notice this like girl who's kind of like oh my god you're huddling right in the, like yeah, peeking yeah, yeah. around the, the kind court. of nerdy girl and she, yeah. yeah and and she is mimicking all of the controller motion oh my god I've you're absolutely right <laughs> yeah you're she's, absolutely she, right yes. yeah she's like mime playing the game <laughs> like and they're like and 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 they're like oh don't move you put a controller yeah, in her that's hand what they do they like bring <laughs> they her over really and do. they like oh no they move her they should move the controller <laughs> just keep her hands moving keep exactly as they were perfect, they were yeah. wired back then Jake you couldn't do that <laughs> no, you're absolutely right yeah, yeah. I was and then just she sits that. down and she like is and in then the zone, she plays it she plays it and, and then it. unlocks the file which is the yeah. mystery of the right. the case or whatever. Yeah. 
Sarah someone Shahi. Some of the Idle Thumbs forums, I think, when I, after we talked about this last week, that at the time that came out, that game had already been out for years, and the like re-release of it was still a while away. So there's no way this was like actually a marketing thing. And also it's the true. way the game that was presented was so unflattering to the game. Really with this just like terrible typography plastered on top of it and just didn't yeah. make any sense. Just like really bad way so they're like this this apparently was just what the writers of this show thought was cool <laughs> they thought was uh, like a cool uh, game that this criminal would have <laughs> put his files in hey uh ubisoft we're wondering if we could put a, a prince of persia oh the new prince of persia uh <laughs> the guys uh they really like this one from like two years ago yeah whatever i mean okay sure that'll be two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> Probably. I don't think so. No. Probably not. They probably just use it without any permission whatsoever. I mean, at least that was a real game. I, I don't know if you all watched the, the Gamergate episode of Law & Order, but they, like, uh, they had... Weirdly, I didn't. Fake games. <laughs> no, I know, but it's just, like, they, they just obviously had fake games in that right. as, like, this is Gamer 2000 or whatever bullshit name they made they up fake for. games to go with their fake gamer girls. That's what it was. Fuck, I know. That's what it was. I had to make gifs of like every scene of that episode. That was ridiculous. I didn't even know there was. I didn't was even know life. that there was this. I don't even know this what you're happened. talking about. There is a very special episode of Law and Order SVU three months ago, four months ago. That was all about basically Gamergate. Oh, I think I saw people yeah. on like post images of this. And I didn't know what it was. Anyway, yes. cool television video games. Yeah, cool. The coolest. Only the coolest mm-hmm. here. God, what happened to Sarah Shahi? I hope she has a career. <laughs> you you would know better than any of us, probably. That's, well, I would have a few years ago, and I still worked at AfterEllen.com. Um, you guys want to do some rear mail? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's back to you. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> That'll be fun. It will be fun. Reader mail's good. Uh, okay, let's see here. Um, Kevin Weiser writes, The unintentionally sexy 13-year-olds in Star Wars The Old Republic. Oh, man. I read this, I think. <laughs> really. <laughs> Spath is making a face like, ooh, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> this is this is good. Hey, guys, there's a thing I noticed a while back when the Old Republic came out. During one of the missions at the Capitol, the players asked to help find a young girl, find her brother, or something like that. It's normal MMO quest stuff with one strange feature. I would guess this is, this is perhaps an issue of time and resources, but for whatever reason, the player model for kids in the Old Republic was just the regular adult model scaled down about 30%. Oh, no. So typical D-cut breasts and childbearing hips are quite prominent. <sighs> Worse, they didn't give them any new idle or conversation animations, so many of the coquettish poses sci-fi women NPCs take, the hitch hip with hand-on-hip pose comes to mind, are also used in conversation sequences. It made me more than a little uncomfortable, and it's fucking hilarious. Uh, I thought it might be a good jumping-off point to discuss unintentionally awkward scenarios that can come up during play. Uh, Keep up the good work, string of whatever is the current meme. Kevin Weiser. (laughs) What is the current meme? Uh, Uh, We haven't had one in a minute. Sexy fine. kids being canon. I guess it's fine. They're not canon, so it's all right. <laughs> They're not hey, canon. They're not canon. Anymore. <laughs> They're not canon. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, bullet with that one, guys. <laughs> Unintentional. Uh, I don't think this is an issue. Those characters are no longer canon. Next email. This is actually. <laughs> They're is... not children. They're younglings. That's you know right. Story. And you don't know how long. <laughs> you don't know how old they are. Yoda was 900, so it's fine. That's of age. That's true. In Dagobah. They're of an yeah. they're an alien race of literally scaled down adult humans. <laughs> I remember being really younglings. put off by this Call exact thing in Dragon Age. I can't remember which mm. Dragon Age, maybe two, maybe one and two both. I didn't play three, so but like 
Uh, I played a bit of it. I don't. Maybe this, this is just how the Bioware art director thinks children look. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't know if it was. I don't remember if there are children in Dragon Age, but I just remember noticing. I can't remember if there's like sexy women clothing in that game. No, I, I just I just remember being very <laughs> conscious of the fact that like the default woman model in whatever Dragon Age game I'm thinking of has really really large breasts, sure, like sure, un unusually large, and it's true for. All the women, including like really old women who like they just went all out with like gnarled, like wrinkly faces that are just re- but they just have an but enormous they have perky rack. giant <laughs> like, cups, big yeah. old fucking She's got balloons chest. on her chest. And, like, it's it it is so it feel I know that people work really hard on those games and the Dragon Age games of all games have like a lot of really great attention to detail in terms of like yeah. gender and and class and race and things but like and a lot of attention to detail in terms of rendering breasts yeah <laughs> that I mean, as but, well but yeah. attention to detail that's identical in every single instance and it was so <laughs> off-putting and weird it really creeped me out it made it look like someone was just it made it look like weird like porn of the Right, because like <laughs> you were the, you were playing the Dragon Age porno. <laughs> That's what it was. Because you have this like old lady that it just looks like someone's like hey, trying to figure out what it's called. What if yeah. I yeah. Was, no she was like what a real she, sexy yeah. old lady? Giant rack. <laughs> like, right. That's what it felt like to me to look at it. Grandma it was weird. rack. Yeah. Old grandma rack. Old grandma not that, rack. Like, is... Not that old ladies can't also have large breasts, but like there were the uniformity they tend to not of it be like, as buoyant but, uh, yes, if they exactly, are very large. Yes, yes it's certainly man. true. Please yeah. write in with your Dragon Age porno name. Thank you. <laughs> like I know they that have if you have, I know if you have a different model, you've got to re-rig it and stuff. But like, come on, it, you <laughs> can just reduce the size. Yeah, a little or bit you there? can just on average, if you're gonna only have one size, have one size that actually it's a fits all. Smaller. Yeah. <laughs> Make them C cups instead of yeah, quadruple E. God, it's so weird. <laughs> That's a thing. Did I ever read um, Disney World tip for Danielle? Is oh my that God. Okay. This no. is from Jake Cornett. He writes, Dear Thumbs, specifically Danielle. I feel a little ridiculous. Stop me if I if you if I actually have read this. I just don't remember. No, no, I, I feel a little so. ridiculous suggesting a Disney trip to someone with over one hundred Disney trips under their belt, <laughs> as I've only been three times, ages five, twenty two, and twenty seven, with the most recent visit being in twenty twelve. However, the last two trips have been amazing, and I'd like to share why. Our last two trips to Disney World have been on the wake of Labor Day. We got there Sunday afternoon and stayed till Saturday. On Sunday night, the parks were crowded and not a great place to be. This set a baseline for the rest of the week. Uh, on the Monday, nearly everyone left. It felt like the only people left in the park for the rest of the week were us and questionably dressed Europeans and South Americans. <laughs> we could go to any attraction with minimal weight. Dinner reservations were easy to come by, and the rest of the week was a magical experience after the crowds of Sunday night. Even the Harry Potter section of Universal is relatively empty. This oh, presents shit. an odd problem since Universal has put a lot of thought and effort into their line waiting experiences. The lines are often as fun as the rides. Rushing through that line that wraps around Hogwarts Castle is not as fun as taking your time and soaking it all in. Interesting fact, the entire Disneyland property can fit in the parking lot of the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. Jake, Greenville, Kentucky. That is a super good tip. I didn't know there were any lost pockets left because usually in the slower times like yeah. they'll start scaling back hours and things like that or mm -hmm. six rides will be you know in refurbishment and things like that so that's a really hot tip i'm gonna tell my mom whose email address by the way i won't tell you what my mom's email you address is just in case you want to send 100 blues questions yeah in case you want to put my name on it and send 100 blooms to my mom uh her email address not even kidding has wdw in it for walt disney world 
Oh man. It has what well, so like instead of having like zero zero. Her, her email like address is WDW official customer service, <laughs> real customer service line at AOL.com. Basically. Not too far <laughs> off. Not too far off. Send her some blooms for me. So you should fly there off to PAX. That's when PAX is right. No, Prime. Uh, so. Pax Prime. Yeah, Pax yeah. Prime is right around there. So what you should do is fly to the northwest corner <laughs> of the United States and then immediately fly to the southeast to the corner of the United States. <laughs> Perfect plan. It's a great plan. It's a good plan. Uh, Live in an artificial gross world for a week and a half by going to Pax <laughs> and then going to Disney World. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I can only imagine what that might be like. Bad. Actually going from one Try to the it. other. Try it. Hot tip. Try it. it. I mean, I've gone from Disney World to weird things before, or from weird things to Disney World before. Like I did um, TGS and Disney World in Japan, so that's a similar vein there. Yeah. It it worked. It was natural. It worked okay. It was really funny because we were hanging out with some collusion. We were hanging out with some people from uh, uh, the press. What? Uh, But they're... Blacklist them. They couldn't get hotels anywhere near... TGS, but the nearest hotel they could get was inside Disneyland. In so like, the <laughs> Disney hotel. Every day they went to TGS, they had to get on the monorail, go around <laughs> Disneyland, and then go to the show. So eventually they were like, look, we have to We have to, fucking we have go to, to actually go to this. <laughs> that Disneyland is incredible. I've heard it's Is it Tokyo Disney Sea? Disney Sea is like incredible. I might go there this summer. Yeah. And make my mom very jealous, basically. Um, speaking of things that of, of sort of crafted experiences that you've had, Danielle, yes. uh, this person writes, first off, a reminder, Danielle needs to tell everyone about the escape the room experience that she had in New York. <laughs> Have you done that yet? Yeah. This is, you know, Have I told old, you about so it? Or... You think you said you were going to, and I don't know if you ever did. Oh, okay. Well, I, I can. I mean, we can do it after this email. She or... talked about this yet? I don't remember. I don't remember. No. Okay, well, go ahead. Yeah, I heard you escaped a room. Uh, almost. Oh. <laughs> Team Polygon uh, almost escaped the room in New York City. We did the um, the secret agent variant of Escape the Room. So okay. this had all sorts of... I feel like I may have actually said this on the podcast, but just in case I hadn't, I'll make it quick. Um, it was a secret agent sort of cheesy James Bond 60s-esque version of it where you had to... Uh, there were actually a few rooms and you had to sort of, you know, gather the clues in each mm-hmm. room and figure out how to progress to the next room. But it had things like lasers and secret briefcases cool. and cool like uh codes that were you could only see in black light or you could only see you know right. there was like a no cool spoilers thing yeah, no yeah spoilers. no no no, yeah, no, no spoilers. spoilers or anything just you had to yeah be more observant about other weird spyish things so That's it was cool. really fun and we got to the last part of the last puzzle when <laughs> uh, i've been in that the situation. buzzer rang yeah that's such a bummer but it was really fun it was like one of the coolest things and i uh, i will definitely do another one man so. the best room escape game that i ever have played is one called 60 minutes to escape in portland and it's a cold war oh, themed cool. room escape Whoa. game it is really really strong like the theming is just nice. like good. that's awesome that sounds rad so if you're in portland and you want to play a room escape game that one is very good like san francisco at this point has a ton of them. Yeah, the there's, new, there's, there's a new, new, there's a new one coming out. There's yeah. a new. Well, yeah, there's, there's a, a, escape the forest, the, the haunted forest, or no, there's something. Another, there's one? another one that's like escape yeah. the. There's one like called escape. There's one oh, called wow. escape, escape the time travel lab was by the people who did escape from the mysterious room, which we talked yeah. about on the podcast. But is they it scrap. Scrap. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they also have one called Escape the Puzzle Room that I think is replaced what? Mysterious Room in San Francisco. Yes. But Escape, yeah, that's oh, that's the new one. But right. Escape yeah. like the prison or jail cell or something is another one that they also have coming out soon. That they said construction is taking longer than they thought, which is, which Got bodes it. well because their theming is usually not great. Although Escape the Time Travel Lab that was is great. by far the oh, best man, room escape game amazing. in San Francisco. It's so good. Yeah. I want to try um, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Escape the Time Travel Lab is really good. So this person also says, shout out to Jared, Josh, and the rest of my friends who run the Escape the Room events in San Jose. 
Nice. Um, so this person continues, I think, writing in response to uh, City Skylines discussion, I assume. Uh, we do make electricity from our sewage already. While it's not like, say, turbines, when solid waste is separated from the liquid, it's diverted to digester tanks that are laced with bacteria that break it down and produce methane as a byproduct, which can then be burned to produce electricity. On the other hand, at the other end of this equation, Portland, Oregon is one of the few cities in America that is putting turbines in the potable water slide, letting the gravity-fed water turn them. I believe the cited figures were that four turbines would generate enough electricity to power 150 homes without impeding water flow significantly. Nice. Yeah. I kind of wish I had some robot news to round out the email, but since I don't, I'll say thanks for reading the podcast and I look forward to that notification in my RSS feed every week. It's fine. You had poop news. We had poop news. (laughs) Poop energy news. (laughs) (laughs) You love poop news. Cool. Well, forget Tesla power wall. This is power poop. I hope that I hope that poop power. power is modded into City Skylines. <laughs> if it's not already supported, it's already in there. It's got to be in there. Well, people are just. We talked about this before. I think people are just like venting the sewage through the. Um, oh, through the turbines. Yeah. Okay. Good. That, that's where that email came from. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I see. Now you're caught up. On poop power. <laughs> I'm still trying to think of awkward <laughs> things in games from that. Oh that yeah. Letter from earlier. I think they were looking for examples of it, and they're looking for ones that really weren't were. just about breasts. Yeah, but that's all we talked just about. Just non-breast. That's all you yeah. talked about, Chris. Well, I was <laughs> all following you up on, well, you know, on the, the example given. They're a lovely thing to talk about. So it's okay. Yeah, anything like that. It's rarely. It's rather there's a like recurring awkward piece of content like that. It's it's more just like something happens that's reasonably emergent and makes you go. Uh, and then goes away, but I can't think of any mm-hmm. examples. But like, it's usually not thirteen-year-olds have the bodies and postures that uh, well, are shared. You say with... that, but I feel like that kind of thing actually happens not infrequently in games that are of a certain scale where they end up reusing a lot of assets. I find it usually more laughable than actually awkward, though. Oh, sure. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Because I was going to say in Dragon Age Two, another thing that is like <laughs> another the breasts of another no, woman, no, 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 no. totally unrelated. <laughs> A different breast. Well, the breasts of another woman were identical to all the other ones that I <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but no, th- this was, um, and again, I can't remember if the game I'm thinking of was actually Dragon Age 2. It might have been Dragon Age 1. But this was definitely Dragon Age 2. And the, you know, the game all takes place in one city and over a period of, of I think, years, as I recall. I think I played through that entire game, actually. And um, there's the, like, governor's mansion or, like, mayor's mansion, whatever the person who's, like, you know, the governmental head of this area, you, you, you want to go and seek an audience with them and you can't for a certain amount of time. And there are other people who are waiting to talk to this person and they're like, I've been here five hours, <laughs> but then the game cuts like two years and you can go back in there and everyone who's in there is exactly the same. And that same guy's like, I've been waiting here five hours. <laughs> like, really? Like, have you? He has a little memory problem. Probably. <laughs> it's just that, that it's like that to me is like in the same sort of class. It's a different cause as the other thing, but it's the same sort of just like right. attention to detail, continuity stuff where it's, it's, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, it's different on the development side, but the end result is kind of the same. Certainly, People, there, are, there. Are, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's your day. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say there are just in terms of just pure awkwardness. There are certainly times that playing a certain kind of game, like I don't know, a lot of games that are just really kind of offensive or weird or gross in certain ways, playing them in front of other people can be an awkward moment. It's like the an ultimate version experience. of, of oh, watching yeah. a movie with your mom when people start boning. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's kind of, you know, I mean, especially when it's, like especially that. with people who aren't into video games. Exactly. Generally, you're like, oh, hmm, ah. Yep. 
Yeah, it's, I swear it's interesting. Yeah, this it's hobby medium has of merit. the medium of the twenty first century. It's art. Yeah, I experienced a lot of that with like my ex, for example, who did not think games were a worthwhile pursuit, and I'd be playing something, and you know, just I don't even. You're like, check out Hotline Miami. Yeah, basically, and it's just yeah. like oh, games okay. with a lot of violence are the ultimate example of that because when yeah. you play a lot of them, like we, I mean, we talk about how you know it's always good to have games that aren't just totally reliant on violence, but like. But nonetheless, you're still capable of playing a game Certainly. where violence is the primary mechanic and yeah. like seeing through to all the things that are interesting about it. But someone who doesn't have that grounding, like, yes. what, like look at that. What the like, fuck? What is wrong with you? Right. If you just look at it as like the, the, the fictional content. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. When you, when you started talking about Dragon Age and games of the scale that resources get shared in strange ways and stuff. My favorite development of this week, and I guess last week as well, and maybe the last few weeks, <laughs> has been that Grand Theft Auto Five is on PC, which means that people are just ruining the oh, shit out of it. Oh, man. my God, We yes. never talked about the taxi thing. Talk about ta- the taxi Oh, man, the taxi driver challenge. Yeah. That is what? Oh, tell, the, do tell. This, this was, it was like, it was on some gaming reddits. It was on the GTA 5, or the GTA subreddit for a while, I guess. Where, but um, there's there's a notable route in, in like GTA a point 5. on the map that you, if you like up in the well, you no, you're supposed to start in a certain point and then tell a taxi driver to drive to a certain point and tell them to take the quickest route and, right. and tell them to step on it so they drive 50 miles an hour and then right. well, so, yeah so if you start at this point and put another dot on this point up in the mountains they will take like a conservative route to get there but if if right at the beginning of the route you say step on it they will shift their route to one that goes like on this crazy path through the mountains, <laughs> and like the this goal- dirt pass up a bunch of cliffs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and they have to they have to try to be like going forty to fifty miles right. an hour because you've said step on it. Yeah. So it's just it's it's the taxi driver AI challenge where it's like one out of ten taxi drivers survive the trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. So, so people YouTube nice. videos of this. Yeah, oh. people have just captured like successful or failed ones, and it is actually. It's hilarious for one. It's amazing because you just you'll see the guy drive and just go ah fuck fuck and like <laughs> all, like oh also this route has animals that run out in front of the road and the AI is programmed to stop to let them go past. Yeah. So the taxi driver is like careening off these cliffs <laughs> and like barely staying alive and then it goes and stops for like a muskrat to go run by <laughs> and then immediately punches it to fifty miles an hour again. But what ends up happening is just your nightmare. Because yeah. you're just you're on this precarious thing, and then suddenly the guy just goes, "Oh fuck!" And then the, 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 the car just starts going off a cliff and just rolls, no! and the, like no one dies yet. It doesn't. Just, but then like it sort of stops, and the guy goes and tries to drive it off the cliff, and then it sort of falls with the hood tumbling over the over the front of the car, and then it eventually just the video just cuts. It's crazy. It's, that's amazing. Do, they actually scare me because I because that's your Uber nightmare. This, like when you the, call the, an Uber, I'm sure that yeah. this has a very specific meaning. But the nightmare that I most frequently have that is a recurring nightmare is being in a car that I was driving, and then suddenly I'm in the back seat of it, and I can't reach the pedals, and it just goes off a bridge into the ocean. Like I've had that dream Whoa. multiple times. Whoa. It's incredibly terrifying. Somebody please analyze this. I'm dream. sure it has. I'm sure that, that is like a coded dream that means yeah. this, like you know, uh, it means gotta you be can't in control. control your life. I figured yeah. it out. Yeah, no oh shit. My God. <laughs> it's it's a like oh it's the dream. The thing that's weird is that like also like eighty to ninety percent of those dreams also don't end with me dying. They just end with a shitty situation where everyone's in the ocean. <laughs> like, it just the scary thing happens, and then my brain like tries to make me feel okay. So it's right. just like oh okay, well I guess or the just car's in the ocean sank, now, or I wake up or whatever. But like those GTA videos are you wake actually up and you're those, in the back seat of a car. Those, that's going over those GTA videos are the closest. 
manifestation of of that dream that I've actually seen because the AI just drives like like where it feels like the controls aren't quite doing what you expect them to do, and then kind of semi-gracefully tries to continue to drive, God, but just drifts of off those, a cliff. One oh of my those God. videos is the most inexplicable, insane one. <laughs> the, like, he's the, like, the, like the 20-second long one? Yeah, he like, the, the driver sort of, like, sideswipes, like, a cliff or something, and then, like, separately, like, a different car explodes. <laughs> oh, no! Like on the top of the, like the you see the car kind of fly by. It's bizarre. I don't understand. It's it's a good, good, good series of videos. Whoever, like the person who discovered that, that just like I found that you can make a taxi driver do an insane thing. And the the original post on Reddit was just like only one out of ten taxi drivers survives the journey. Anyway, here's how you could do it yourself. It's like oh my god, this is so good. That's amazing. I need to to try this out tonight. Yeah, stuff like that. That's basically like one step away from a game jam game that is inside of uh, inside of a huge real game. What is happening? Hi there. We're joined now by Sean Vanneman. The face of Sean. Whale? No. <laughs> We're talking about the GTA 5 taxi driver oh, a- a- no, challenge. I was going to say one of the taxi driver. No, we haven't talked about the whale yet. That's next. Sorry, I didn't mean to spoil You want to come talk about the whale? No. Bye. Bye, Sean. Bye, Sean. Sean. Fucking whale. Yeah, it's a whale. It's good. <laughs> Sean has reminded us there's Is also the whale a whale. Is whale you going to talk about? Is that what you were going to bring up? I was going to talk about the whale and the chicken. But I don't know the chicken. Whale oh, there's, chicken. there's just like, like an old uh, there's a tiny video. <laughs> oh no, it's a pigeon. Oh, there's the a- story of the whale and the pigeon. <laughs> because people, people, the other GTA Five mod things is people have figured out how to just spawn animals all over the place. So there's an amazing video <laughs> of someone who just summons a whale because you can swim and you can swim out to find a whale, but you can also just spawn one that then just falls onto the earth and just lands in the freeway <laughs> and then sort of because it has a big whale mouth, it looks like it just sort of smiles and, like, and sort of flaps around. So there's. It's just the amazing YouTube videos of just a whale just landing in amazing situations. There's all like there's a, there's a really good notable shot of a helicopter flying by and then just a whale like bouncing up into yeah, the just goes, yeah, just appears in frame and then leaves. Um, and also like I guess similarly, it's it must it's the same engine as Red Dead Redemption, I imagine, because. Um, in that game, remember how there were all those crazy NPC glitches where like people would oh, start the donkey to behave, lady and behave things like, like that, behave yeah, like yeah, pumas yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> clearly, clearly, they have a the best one was the the, the 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 sort of person in the the person in who became a bird, a bird. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. <laughs> so, yeah. So clearly, the, the, their engine definitely has a very versatile skeleton system where yeah. the bones are all transposable between meshes because you can also someone has has modified GTA so that uh, you can just play as any animal. So there's just an, ah. the, the best GTA thing that I've seen in ages, better than the whale, better than the taxi driver thing, was this tiny video of a pigeon walking around the side of a car, just like really slowly and confidently, <laughs> and then it throws open the door, <laughs> its wing like sort of stretches up, and it pulls a guy out of the street, pops yes. up, and then the car just drives away, like it steals a black SUV and it drives away. Yes. But the opening shot is just this like... This okay. low camera on the street, just following this pigeon, like confidently, like doing, you know, <laughs> like the stuff. I'm a big fucker walk that your GTA protagonist nice. does, but it's on little bird legs. It's like, fuck you, I'm a fucking pigeon. <laughs> Rip open this door, toss this guy out, peace out, got your car. Oh man, oh it's amazing. So just, I mean, people corrupt the shit out of all Rockstar games when they, uh, when they come out on PC in ways that are fantastic. Like GTA, all of GTA Four, I think, is in GTA Five at this point. They people always they always port yeah. previous GTA games right. into the new engine, but it does like, 
I mean, I guess Just Cause is another extreme example of this. We're just the the things that you can do by fucking with GTA Five are the sorts of things that you like. When people do things in the spirit of game jams or in the spirit yeah. of weird indie games, yeah, totally, or just yeah. like just yep. mod culture in or, general, or mods. That's what mods yeah, used but, to but be like. Yeah. The scope of modern AAA games like GTA Five, just the amount of resources at your disposal and the amount of insane systems that you have to sort of toy with, is just. It's a toolbox that you would never get as an actual small developer. So being able to just take the yeah. entirety of GTA Five and then be like, you know what? Fuck it, you're a pigeon now. And then like just watch whatever the fuck happens when that happens. Yeah. Or like, what about what if I had a complete simulation of a real city and then I could drop a whale in it? Or like, what if yes. I want to make a thing where a taxi driver t- tries his best to navigate an insane <laughs> desert like desert That's hill landscape? Like, yeah. whatever GTA just has the baseline of all that stuff up and running and then you just flip a couple of switches and insanity happens it's and i like think it's magic. really cool yeah i think yeah. it's it's, like it's really magic. it's really amazing it's an amazing <laughs> thing i those... if only there was a way to like monetize mods so people would really go all in on it <laughs> i'd be into Man, that steam have <laughs> you seen them making a gta well, no the development of gta movie no what no really that could With actually daniel be... radcliffe as sam hauser what what are yeah. you talking about? What? Have you not seen this what? announcement? Yeah, yeah, that's real. That's Harry happening. Potter is Dan Housen. What? Yep. It's a what? It's like a biopic. It's like a fictional, fictionalized thing. What? What is? What is this? If you like yeah. the Social Network, but don't, but don't think Facebook's cool anymore. What if it's the guy who made Grand Theft Auto? Weird. With and, Harry Potter and Smugglers Run. <laughs> it's it Smugglers Run. Smugglers Run. A feature-length program on the BBC starring Daniel Radcliffe. What? That's amazing. Or at least he's in talk. Some places seem to think he is in talk. Some other places did they have just confirmed. pick one of the Housers to make it be about? Is it not about both? Of them? Yeah, who's playing oh. the brother? And also, who is it? Jack Thompson is in it, and no, he's playing wait, wait, no. he's acting really? in it or he's portrayed in it. Jack Thompson is playing Jack the other Jack Houser Thompson brother. Is being portrayed he's in it, playing himself. We need to find out who is playing him. No, he's not playing himself. Okay, okay, bummer. Adam Baldwin. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yes. Good Lord. Must find him. You got any more reader mails? Nah, I think we're all set for this okay. week. Uh, you should write us email, though, at questions at idlethumbs.net. Thank you for listening to this week's Idle Thumbs. Our website is idlethumbs.net slash idlethumbs. If you like our show, why not recommend it to a friend or write us a review on iTunes? That would be awesome. We, I, I look at those every couple of weeks and read through them, and they're so nice. Aww. I mean, some of them aren't. Some of them are, are very not nice. <laughs> some, of them are, some of them are very honest, but most yeah, of them are really most nice. Most of them are nice. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the ones I like to read. Yay. Um, anyway, thank you for listening. We will be back next week. Oh, Thanks, quick, all. Quick mention. Yeah. Um, Sean and Chris and I have been doing a weekly podcast about the last seven episodes of Mad Men. Oh, yeah. And... We're down to the last two episodes if you if you've been following Mad Men, but if you want to catch up with our podcast or just listen along for the second to last episode and the last episode of the show, check it out. It's at idlethumbs.net slash madmen. Mm-hmm. Um also weirdly we're on the last two episodes of Twin Peaks on yeah. Twin so Peaks really Rewatch. Out so we inadvertently timed <laughs> Twin Peaks and Mad Men to be on the same schedule. So if you want to hear Chris and I uh, struggle through the second to last episode of Twin Peaks next week, and then probably, I'm guessing, enjoy the hell out of the final episode of Twin Peaks, and then the movie the week after that. Uh, you can check out the end of Twin Peaks rewatch. I'm sure a lot of people dropped out of following that show. If you dropped out of Twin Peaks at a point when it was still good, yeah, 
Yeah, that was me. I've come back for the end. I think. Okay. I yeah. suspect you'll yeah. probably enjoy yeah. the last couple yeah, episodes. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Anyway, that's all. Just just plug in some of our uh, other podcasts on this podcast because cool. we do them. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye, Spath. Video games. Who's playing Jack, Jack Thompson? Thompson? Bill Bill Paxton. What? what? Oh my God! <laughs> no way. Oh, that's his line from Twister. You're welcome. <laughs>